This is food. This is beans. So, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Adrian, Adrian, what did you think of this movie? Simon, I thought of this movie good things i i love i love this movie i think it's uh fantastic there's a couple things that i didn't love about it but the vast majority of this movie i i thoroughly enjoyed um how about you my friends i loved it i love the action i love the acting uh i i love the direction i love the pacing um again not uh, not a whole lot that i didn't love except for perhaps and this is again a small criticism is that they followed that you know original iron man marvel formula and i I wish they wouldn't do that for origin films anymore is kind of my hope. Just get out of that. This was an amazing origin film that followed the Marvel formula, in my opinion. But, um, you know, it's uh, it would be nice to do something original. You, I, I think you said that this is potentially in your top five Marvel Cinematic Universe films of all time. Is that correct? Yeah. From I, our I, podcast episode. If you want to hear that small review, the spoiler-free review – Check out our episode 62 of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast, because this is a spoiler-filled or meant to be a spoiler-filled episode of our show. That's why it's called A Closer Look. Um, but yeah, you said top five more MCU movies. Is that right? Yeah, I think it might be, honestly. I, I don't know that for a fact. It's definitely in my top 10, but it might just be in my top five. There's a lot of things, again, I really loved about Ooh, this movie. and I, Baby. I, I think the the uh, like amazing action and fight choreography in this movie was, was just – like I said, amazing. It's incredibly memorable. And unlike Black Widow, it has a plethora of action scenes that I, I'm literally still thinking about. And, you know, I watched it only a couple days ago, but I feel like it's going to it's gonna stick in my mind for a while. It, it reminds me a little bit, of not, not exactly the same style of uh, combat or anything, but in Captain America Winter Soldier, that initial fight scene on the boat. Like, I, I remember that mm. fight scene so well. And this me movie too. has... Not one of those, but like five of those styles of fight scenes, not like on a boat or whatever, but you know, these five fight scenes that I will like think of whenever I think of the best action in the MCU. And I think that's that's a marvel to behold, pun intended. Ooh, yeah. a beautiful pun indeed. Yeah. Yes. No, yeah. I, again, that bust fight scene, because we're spoiling it, so just so we're clear, mm -hmm. audience members, if you're listening to this and you don't want this movie spoiled, you know, move along. Go to episode 62 and then watch Shang-Chi and then come back to a, this a Closer Look episode. But that bus fight scene was very memorable. And uh, so cool. it's, again, that's kind of in the in the trailer, yeah. And then I'd just like to point out, just because it's in that bus fight scene, that guy who's filming – that was hilarious, yeah. by the way. I mentioned this to you a couple episodes back. But is that the same guy from New York? I think it is. Now in San Francisco that said, hey, Spider-Man, do a flip. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is the same character. I, I didn't uh, look into the credits or anything to see if they're they're named the same. Oh, but I'm pretty cool. sure I'm pretty, pretty sure it is. There's a, I, I freaking love it, though. Like he like pulls out his phone and starts recording it. And he's like, you know, I took a martial arts, a little bit of martial arts back in the day. So I'll be reviewing this from that <laughs> angle. <laughs> I, I know a little bit about it because I, I took martial arts as a youth. I just like the, the use of the word as a youth or the phrase as a youth was brilliant. Yeah, that was, it was awesome. And he does it the whole way through. He's just like narrating it. Oh, man. It's just there's so many good moments like that mm -hmm. throughout that are just they could be like seen as throwaway moments, but when you throw them all together, it's it's hilarious. It's a hilarious movie. 
it's a bright spot on my last few weeks. Honestly, I, I just find it's just. Uh, I was I'm so pleasantly surprised that it was that amazing. I shouldn't be that surprised because it's Rotten Tomatoes score of like ninety percent. But um, but yeah, but yeah, it's it's, it's awesome. But uh, speaking of funny moments, I mean, we'd be amiss if we're doing a spoiler cast type episode here, and we didn't mention Trevor, Adrian, Trevor, Ben Kingsley. Returning to the MCU after Iron Man 3, playing uh, Trevor Slattery, if I recall correctly. I think that's his name. Yeah, that's, that's right. And yeah, holy hell, man. When he's introduced in this movie, it's uh, it's a sight to behold. He's so freaking funny, dude. Like, <laughs> I just didn't see it coming. Yeah, like that's the crazy thing. Is, it's referenced earlier on in the movie mm-hmm. by um, Zhu Wenwu, played by Tony Leung. He he mentions the fact that he's referenced in the United States as the Mandarin. Yeah. And that's kind of why Slattery, Trevor Slattery, ends up playing the Mandarin as like a terrorist for because he's just a gullible actor who doesn't he doesn't really know what he's getting himself into. So he just takes the job because he's he's you know, he's he's gotta pay his rent, basically, mm-hmm. in Iron Man 3. And uh, and I guess Shang-Chi's father, mm-hmm. Zhu Wenwu. He specifically breaks him out of prison to kill him. Is that correct? Yeah, he he originally breaks him out of prison to kill him. And then when he brings him back to, I guess, the Ten Rings like base, they decide not to kill him because of how much they like his rendition of Macbeth. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think uh, what's what's uh, Shang-Chi's sister um, in the movie? Ji Ling. Yeah, Ji Ling, uh, she even mentions like, so you're just a court jester then <laughs> or something along those lines. I think she mentions it or maybe it's Aquafina's character. I don't recall. And it's like, yeah, I guess so. And it's uh, it's really <laughs> it's really damn good. And uh, uh, like when he is introduced, there's an adorable little creature, I guess, is the best chicken, to... chicken creature, chicken like yeah. puff. What did he say? Puffball? A pig chicken. <laughs> Pig chicken. Yeah, Aquafina said that. Yeah, named uh, Morris. Is it Morrison, I think? Isn't it Norris? I thought it was Morris. I thought it was Norris with an N. No, I think it's M for meningitis, Simon. I'm, I'm certain it's Morris. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, that little cute, adorable character is brought in. And I, I don't know, I'm, I'm a sucker for adorable little animals, I guess. Technically an animal. Whatever that Mythical is. Mythical creature. And uh, yeah, I think it was like a super welcome addition. And I'm glad that it was bringing in, you know, like these older movies, because we're probably not going to get, you know, Tony Stark, Iron Man again, um, at least with Robert Downey Jr. I, I'm, I'm assuming after, you know, the events of Endgame and everything. And it's nice that we're still referencing those movies like Iron Man 3 came out after the first Avengers movie. Like this is we're we're we're, we're getting on to like eight ish years ago, give or take. I think I think it was about eight years ago. So it's cool that they're still referencing those past movies uh, so deeply and bringing in a character like that. And on, on top of bringing in a character, they brought an abomination that we haven't seen since the Incredible Hulk, which came out in I think two thousand eight as well. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's nuts. It's it's awesome to see Abomination. That was the weird thing about that. Is a little strange is that he's a villain, but he's not really a villain. Also, Wong was introduced into this as well, mm-hmm. and I just I just think Wong is a great character in general. So it was awesome to see him again. But he he was kind of friends with Abomination, which I don't really understand that dynamic. But well, uh, <laughs> well it's yeah, it's interesting, and it's kind of funny because uh, which movie? I think it was in Infinity War. Um, Wong mentions that he's broke or doesn't have any money. Maybe it was in Doctor Strange. And I guess like it seems like this is kind of his side hustle. Like he's partnered with, 
He's partnered with Abomination for them to kind of work together and, you know, beat the shit out of one another to get a bunch of money and leave. And I, I, like it, it seemed like they were playing, you know, the bets so they could take home some cash. And I, I thought that was a neat little nod to, you know, just a almost a throwaway line from a previous movie. Yeah, yeah, that is neat. I didn't pick. I don't know if I. I must have picked up on it at the time, but I didn't realize that he was broke. So I, I guess I didn't remember that fact. Yeah. But yeah, it's cool. Like, there's lots of references in this film to the rest of the universe, and it, again, I, I really, it's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I, like to speak to the references, just to go to the very end of the movie, we have that moment with Wong. Wong comes back, picks up Shang Chi and um, Katie. Mm-hmm. And ask them to come with him. They go back to the Sanctum Sanctorum. And he he basically has on a video call, like a weird holographic video call, Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner yeah. and Brie Larson's Captain Marvel. Yeah. Which is what, huge There's surprise. a lot there to unpack. Huge surprise. So most notably, the one thing I noticed immediately is that Bruce Banner is not smart Hulk anymore. He's not, you know, half Hulk, half half Bruce, like that, that perfect balance that he found in Endgame, I guess, isn't there anymore. Um, he obviously still has his arm in that sling, which he does at the end of Endgame after, you know, he does the snap on the glove to bring everyone back. So I thought that was super cool. But I'm curious if we're going to learn more about why he's not, you know, that half Hulk version of himself. Um, th- that that I found one of the most interesting aspects of that after credit scene. Yeah, no, I it's very interesting because I, I don't know. There was a little bit of the fan base that didn't like the concept that he was smart Hulk. They want to see Hulk smash. Mm-hmm. It, there's like a traditionalist kind of, kind of concept. Is Bruce Banner completely cured? Of his, I don't think that that yeah. would be a good move for the MCU. But as a natural progression, he was at peace with the fact that he was smart Hulk, if I'm recalling correctly. He was, for, yeah. In Endgame. He liked it. So why would he do this is the question. Yeah, I don't know. Like why why would he go back to becoming Jekyll Hyde, Jack, you know, Mr. Jekyll, you know, and Hyde kind of idea where he is got a split personality and plays with the concept of being Hulk and Banner. Mm-hmm. It, it just doesn't say, seem to make sense unless he's cured himself completely and now he's just the resident scientist on the Avengers team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they'll announce that. Um, and you know, like dive deep into that. Uh, if I recall correctly, he's supposed to be in the she Hulk series. So maybe that's where they'll explore that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess we'll just have to wait to find out, but yeah, in terms of that after credit scene, and it's cool to see captain Marvel in this. Uh, again, I really like Brie Larson as captain Marvel. I know she gets a lot of hate, but I think she's a really great actor and, and she does a great job in that role. And obviously in this one, she she seems more um, Captain Marvel from Captain Mar- Marvel as opposed to Captain Marvel from Endgame, which seemed like a I'm pretty sure they recorded all those Endgame scenes prior to Captain Marvel even being you know filmed. So, you know, they, they, they found their footing with her character um, in Captain Marvel, obviously. And, you know, she seemed a little bit more charismatic and jolly and smiley, which I like. She grew her hair back since uh since Endgame 2, so I guess that shows how much time has passed, um, which is neat. And uh, yeah, that whole aspect of, um, you know, the Ten Rings are not from this universe even, and, you know, they're thousands of years old, and they're apparently, you know, sending a beacon 
um, like a signal off to someone. And I, I didn't do any like digging into that. So I have no idea what that's referencing, but it almost seems like maybe this is that first sign of, of the MCU introducing maybe a big bat that, that this is sending a beacon to some sort of, yeah, like, like I said, a big bat coming in, uh, and, and it sees the beacons and it might, you know, cause a bunch of kerfuffle. Um, it reminds me a, a lot of, uh, the after credit scene in the original Avengers movie where, you know, you see the glove and then Thanos is introduced for the first time and you're like, Oh shit. Like maybe this is a character coming on in, uh, in the future. And, and it, and obviously he was, and Thanos was the big, ma- uh, big bad of that first arc in the MCU. So I'm curious what they're going to do with that aspect of it. And I don't think that the 10 rings are as nearly as powerful as the infinity gauntlet though, with all of the stones. So I'm not, Oh yeah. I don't, I don't mean it in I that aspect. I mean, it just, I have a yeah. feeling that it might be more of a, like a tease of like a smaller bat, like a, a Loki or a Ultron type of scenario where that teases an Avengers type team up, but it doesn't, necessarily tease the big multiversal war which i'd argue is probably going to be versus Mm -hmm. king the conqueror but i guess we're going to find out yeah i don't know maybe the ten rings can do more than what we've seen they do they are really powerful obviously Mm -hmm. the guys held on to them for a thousand years because of how powerful they are and they make somebody immortal which is also pretty damn badass so there's that yeah i wonder if they're going to explore that aspect with shang chi and whether or not he's going to you know, wear them consistently to not age and stuff like that. Or if he's just going to be one of those, like, I'm just going to put it on when I need to sort of thing. He was wearing them though in that restaurant. He was. So that's what I find interesting is that he, I was questioning that because of the fact that um, Shang-Chi's mother had kind of convinced his father, who was the, the steward of the 10 rings. And he wore them all the time until he met his mother. And then she kind of convinced him to put them away in a box. And then that's, then that whole tragedy happened, and then he decided to wear them again long term. So perhaps there's that concept that these rings are too powerful and they potentially will corrupt a person, as they did Wen Wu. The, the other thing we didn't talk about on episode 62 of our podcast is the fact that that whole legends, legend, legend concept of the soul eaters, mm-hmm. I just think that that whole thing was handled really well. And I thought that was really cool. And that dragon type fight scene almost became like a, it's a kaiju movie. Like a Godzilla. Right. It's a kaiju movie. And, and that's what I was thinking yeah. while I was watching that. I'm like, because my, my girlfriend really likes Godzilla and like big monsters fighting like Jurassic Park. Like you, like you love that. And, and the concept of Godzilla versus Kong, she kind of like, she didn't love it as much as Jurassic Park, but she liked that concept because of big monsters fighting. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, look at that. Big monsters fighting. It's a Marvel movie. It's funny. It's just the, it's the greatest combination ever. And that's probably why it's in your top five. Yeah. I would argue. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. That's kind of like where I want to segue. Like you mentioned that this follows a very similar formula to the MCU, like origin movies, where, which I, I, I do agree it does, but it does enough things differently and does enough unexpected you know, twists on that formula that it, I, it still felt so fresh and and so fun to watch. And although I predicted a lot of things happening, I did not predict this movie would end with a dragon fighting some like weird soul sucking mon- soul sucking monster type creature over the water as they're like riding the dragon and shit like that. Like when I, when that was going on, I was like, holy shit, I can't believe this is happening. And I was so stoked to watch it. And then, yeah, again, it's, it's that childlike brain i have in me where i just get so excited watching these big monsters beat the living shit out of one another how 
how awesome was it when he put the rings inside the monster and then exploded? That it? was so cool. Like it's yeah, it's these things where I'm like, I can't believe they're doing this. I was that again, yeah. I thought that was awesome. You know, like this dragon's like it's going, no, the dragon might die. And then, you know, Aquafina's character just shoots the bow. That that was again one aspect of the movie where I was like, uh, it seems a little bit odd that she's learning so quickly. But again, they they make fun of it. Um, uh, like she even references like, I honestly don't even know how I was so good with the bow. Like I just aimed and then I shot the arrow and it, and it hit the dragon right in the throat and it and you know <laughs> so it stopped sucking the soul, and I was like, Whoa, you know, like that shit. And again, I think um Aquafina's delivery makes it okay but that that was definitely a little bit of a gripe i had with the film up until that 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 point um i imagine that's kind of what you were referencing on episode 62 where it makes fun of itself like it makes fun of the mcu in some ways like how captain marvel did i was referencing the fact that abomination uh was made fun of like he he was almost the joke Mm. that's what i was referencing the thing i should point out here is that's actually something i feel like was handled well enough that i thought was is good in that she's good with the bow sure she's okay with it but honestly they didn't let her fight initially twice they were saying no you're not doing this you're not ready you you're gonna die if you go out there that's not gonna happen we're not letting you go and she just forced herself to go out and they do this constantly in movies, and it bothers the shit out of me. When a character just goes out after five minutes of training and just decides <laughs> tomorrow war, just decides <laughs> they're just gonna wreck shit up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have no idea how time travel works. You know, you don't you've never held a gun before, and you're just gonna go fight something now, like crazy monsters that literally are faster, like five times faster than human beings. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't make any sense. So that's something that I think they handled well. Like it was dire and she just put her life on the line despite people not wanting her to do that. And I think that that was very respectable. And I really didn't like that aspect. I think, I think they handled it well. Cause you see that constantly and like, they didn't make fun of themselves. They didn't do that thing where they made it unrealistic because it's an action movie. It's like, well, it's an action movie. Everyone should be able to do that. No, that's not realistic. And then you're going to lose the relatability and the immersiveness uh, of the film because of that. Mm-hmm. And I felt like they did that properly. I don't know if you disagree or agree with that sentiment. Yeah, fair enough. But- I, I, I do think it was a little bit rushed. I feel like uh, some of- A little bit. Yeah. There was not much of a training scene. Yeah. That's fair. Like some of the ending, that's actually what, what I didn't love about this movie. It's one of the few things I didn't love is that it felt a little bit rushed, that ending bit. And where I feel like they could have added about 10 minutes of, of movie to to highlight, you know, maybe Aquafina training and like, oh, like maybe she has a natural talent and like, you know, them showing her that sort of stuff. But also with Shang-Chi and he, a lot of the movie, you know, it's like him just being like, ah, yeah, my father was an asshole and trained me to be a killer. And then, you know, he meets up with his dad and realizes like his dad, the reason why he's, he's acting a little bit more maniacal as of late is because he hears his, his wife, Shang-Chi's mother, um, her, her her voice calling for her and that she is was kidnapped by her old you know village of people and you know imprisoned and my issue with with, with that whole aspect is shang chi is just like no dad you're crazy goes to the village and doesn't even explore that idea that maybe his mom is actually imprisoned. It's it just seems, and yeah, like they they splice in those scenes with the flashbacks that he did see his mother die and stuff. But crazier shit has happened in the universe that I I feel like at the very least they could have you know added a little bit of you know Shang Chi being maybe unsure, maybe being like, did I make the wrong choice, like leaving my dad and 
like maybe these people do have my mother and I feel like they could have explored that a little bit more. Um, but again, that that's a, that's a very minor gripe in an otherwise excellent movie. I, uh, I, I kind of agree and disagree with you. I, I, I get it, but the guy, okay, he, they know this guy is a, is a tyrant of a person. So this concept of him not being believed and the fact that the 10 rings gang threw them into a cell in terms of Shang-Chi, I mean, he literally was traumatized by the fact that his mother his mother died in front of him. So he would believe that legitimately she was gone. So I, I think that, that it was easy to see him as somebody who's corrupted by power and the like de- kind of devil speaking in his ear. Mm-hmm. Especially when you go to that village who – these people are like magical people. They have some abilities that are truly incredible. Yeah. Uh, like they're able to take down this guy with these 10 rings potentially. Like his mother was able to defeat him because of the fact that they're so well trained and they're living in this magical place, like this truly magical place. With mythical creatures and weird horses. <laughs> right. And uh, pig chickens. Yeah. And with that concept of like them getting there and then meeting them, their, he, like Simu Liu and his sister uh, meeting their aunt, their aunt explains right away, like, no, I don't believe this for one second. She's gone for sure. And we would know we live literally live next to the cave. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's a whole group of people and it's not like they're just crazy people who think they do magic. They literally do the magic in front of you. Mm -hmm. So it's not, I don't know. I feel like there's a, when there's a whole village of scientists telling you things are one way and the one crazy person on the internet is telling you it's it's something different. I'm going to just probably side with the, the village of scientists yeah fair that's a fair enough point um i do agree with that um like to a certain extent but uh, like seemingly you just trust these people and yeah it is his aunt um that he's literally never met before maybe he's heard about her like you know through his mom and stuff but he just believes her like there isn't even a moment of hesitation of him being like oh yeah no like like maybe my mom is there maybe they're lying to me there's none of that but uh he kind of doubted it from the beginning but i I can see your gripe with it maybe they could have uh you know went went for a little bit more of an explanation as opposed to kind of just nixing it right away Mm -hmm. but uh i i I believed it i I believe it It was a very mirror of a rise or or, or reset or however you pronounce it from harry potter type situation i uh i think like that was kind of the idea and i think seemingly used shang chi believed that mm-hmm. as well i i do think that one thing that they could have done a little better and this is like really nitpicking at this point but the moment where he is getting those voices from his uh his dead wife it would have been nice to see it a little bit more visually or not just hear a voice kind of in the void it didn't feel it was weird it was it felt like there was something missing in those scenes where he's sitting in his study and he's hearing his wife's voice calling to him i feel like there could have been more depth there that it almost felt like he was like thinking on a memory, mm-hmm. but he was really hearing these voices in his head. There's so many tricks that are out there to kind of show kind of that co- concept of of seeing an illusion, of you know having a hallucination. And I just don't think they they really handled it. They, they, he explained it as he was hearing it in his head like a whisper, mm-hmm. and then they when they actually showed. Her talking, which they didn't really show her talking at all. They just kind of put the voice into like a voiceover state while he's sitting in his study. Mm-hmm. It just sounded like she was just talking normally. So I was like, is that a flashback? Or are you are you are you having a flashback of a moment that you had before? Or is she talking to you now? I, w- I don't know. I shouldn't be that confused. It should be really easy to, for them to do some – pull something off with CG magic or 
maybe a little bit better audio mixing. That's, yeah. that's the only thing that I kind of had a gripe with that was kind of a strange technical thing. But otherwise, I, by the way, CG was really good. I really enjoyed looking at the pig chicken. I'm very cute. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and the various other creatures, which that lion thing. It's so cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's super cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like with the when the soul suckers are like, you know, they, they escape that, the, the, that, I guess, I don't even know what cave that they're in because there's like dragon scales covering it and they're coming through and you know you just see these lines just tearing them apart like absolutely like nothing and it's so freaking cool and uh i don't know it's it's interesting there, there's like a, quite a few casualties in that and i guess it kind of brings me to uh, not necessarily another gripe but uh just to because you just mentioned that that wall i'd like to point out this concept of of that wall and these scales and the concept of using dragon scales to to defeat these monsters, these soul suckers, and how they're kind of sitting on the edge of this water, of, of the, basically the edge of where that cave is mm-hmm. to defend their land against these soul suckers and this giant beast. I just think that that's so neat that they use the scales because they kind of make you feel like this creature is dead, like the, the great protector mm-hmm. is actually not alive. And I think that that was a great thing to do because they didn't tell you that he was alive and then he just was. And he's just this majestic creature that is flying basically with magic because it doesn't have wings. So it's, I thought, that, I thought that that was a really masterful thing to do. And then on the flip side, the trailer shows it. That's the it issue. It shows the dragon. Yeah. And why are you doing that? You don't need to. Everyone is lining up. They all want to see the next Marvel movie. You don't need to show that. You can show them anything. You can show them the scene with Abomination because it was a throwaway anyway. But do not show the dragon because you did a great job. They did an awesome misdirect in making it seem like the dragon had died and they took its scales to create the armor or the weapons and the in the in the cave. Mm-hmm. Did you find that as well? That- yeah, I definitely agree with you on that front. Like it yeah, it did feel like they were, yeah, using, you know, remnants of this dragon to make badass armor and like bows and arrows and swords and weapons and all this shit. And yeah, it was, uh, it was really cool. And yeah, I do agree with you that the trailer did ruin that aspect of the movie. And I, I again, I think going in, knowing that the dragon was around, I didn't think of that thought. Uh, you, you talking about that. I, uh, I can't agree with you anymore, man. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a very good call. out. Cool. You had uh, another gripe. Sorry. Uh, yeah, like in, in terms of uh, like another like small gripe, like during that like final battle, like initially I was like, oh, this is kind of, you know, like they show up and it's like this, this you know, these these groups of people fighting against each other, you know, killing one another, all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, um, Shang-Chi's father like crosses the river, whatever. And, you know, th- it, it, it does almost follow that very typical like Marvel formula. Like, oh, no, like they're just going to be two dudes with these rings fighting each other like same weapon but yeah when that soul sucker mm. appears or sorry the, the soul sucker start appearing and start sucking the souls of everyone it's i mean it's played up for laughs but the the quickness in which the 10 rings um like people you know team up with the other like tribe um whatever they're called is just very abrupt and it seems a little bit uncharacteristic it's we don't see much of those guys but it just seems like they're like no, we're not teaming up together. And then there's like a quick little tidbit where the soul sucker sucks the soul out of like one of like the badass ninja people. And he's like, okay, actually we probably should work together. And then they just start working together. Like nothing really. I think I agree. I agree. And I don't agree. I thought that was cheesy, but at the same time, they literally lost their best warrior. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. The guy who gets killed first, his soul sucked <laughs> sucked out of his face in the most horrific way possible. And the guy's like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, there's something about that concept of like seeing it to believe it. Oh, I understand. Mm-hmm. This is a deadly, deadly situation that we find ourselves in. Uh, I just witnessed some my friend die in front of my eyes. Uh, you're right. Mm-hmm. Let's work together. I it, it it seemed the delivery was almost too comedic. Like it was almost set up to, for too much comedic relief. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that it, I buy it in a weird way because you you don't. I don't know if you really have third party situations like that very often. Yeah. In like a you know you know you didn't have that in World War One or World War Two. There's no random third party aliens coming down. But if the aliens had come down in World War One, you would ha- hope if they landed in no man's land that. You know, you wouldn't be fighting each other anymore. It would probably be the green things that are coming out of the spaceship. Yeah, fair you, know, point. you know what I mean? I, it is a good. I, I kind of agree with you. It, it felt corny, but I, I, I don't know that they wouldn't have done that. It's it was an interesting way to handle it. And I don't think they did it too terribly. Yeah, I, I think just the delivery of that was uh, a little bit yeah. off-putting. I, I feel yeah, like they. Could, I feel like they could have done it better because yeah, it, it really did feel corny. They're like, no, we have to work together, and it's like, no, we're not going to work together soul gets sucked is like actually we should work together and it's like it, it just seems like they skipped a few steps simply put and yeah it, it could have been yeah. it, it could have been done better but yeah i do agree with you like it is still believable uh, like you mentioned like yeah uh, you, you gotta you gotta fight the greater evil uh coming through that is literally taking people's souls out of their bodies so <laughs> yeah um, sure yeah yeah i i really again yeah i really loved this movie um like a couple things that I didn't really mention um, that I just want to say that I really loved about it is uh, that, that you've mentioned is the way they, they kind of incorporate flashbacks throughout the movie um, is really awesome. Like the way they highlight, you know, these relationships between, between characters, uh, most notably between Shang-Chi and his father was absolutely masterful, masterful in it. And these flashbacks were spliced in at the perfect moments. And it really added this like extra emotional impact and yeah, I agree with you. The pacing was was on point, and I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, and again, the chemistry between like Aquafina and Simu Liu is is phenomenal. I love like the platonic like sort of friendship they have that is so deep that you know maybe could amount to more. We don't we don't really you know we see maybe a couple of glimpses into that. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they go down that rabbit hole. But I really just enjoyed that these guys are like a couple of under underachievers at the beginning and they just like having fun together and they're just really great friends and love each other for who they are. And I don't know, it, it felt nice watching it, you know, it it just felt really nice. watching. It was. Yeah, I agree. The chemistry was great. Oh man. It's just such a joyous movie to watch. Mm -hmm. It's just so fun to watch. And I just want to see how they play off the rest of the Avengers. I want to see, like, I'm genuinely excited for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm just so curious now what it's going to amount to. Eternals, we watched an Eternals trailer and we've seen it, course before but we watched it prior to the movie because it it was a trailer prior to this movie airing for us in theaters and i and i was like oh man i'm, I'm just so hyped now i'm just because we got another great director directing the eternals mm-hmm. in chloe zhao who literally just made the oscar winning uh nomadland so and and honestly i was just looking right now at what else i'm curious because he just did such a great job with destin daniel Cretton, the director mm-hmm. has done and, and most recently i think most um, to most praise is the movie Just Mercy with Michael B. Jordan, uh, right? Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an 85% of Rotten Tomatoes. And so I, I'm curious because I'm hoping it's going to be um, 
him again. Like I'm hoping it's Destin Daniel Cretton again for the next iteration of Shang-Chi. I'm hoping they just greenlight it right away or I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious because I, I, I'm curious to see what he could pull together because I just think that he may have been following this formula, but he just did it in such a way that was so competent in every way. He just embodied everything that makes a Marvel movie great in this movie. It's just, mm-hmm. it's done so well. I just, I can't stress enough. And you're right about the choreography. I cannot stress how great the choreography is in every scene. Like there's just, I can, I remember so many of these moments that were just so well, so well done. Anyway, like the dancing scene between him and his wife mm-hmm. in the, in Tao, Tao Lo, uh, when they, when shang parents meet for the first time. Yeah. There's just too many good moments. And it's almost like Dynasty Warriors and or or like Sauron when he when he's fighting in that beginning flashback scene mm-hmm. where he's like just throwing absolutely throwing wrecking. soldiers. Yeah, just fucking destroying yeah. these people. Yeah. There's a like a genre of a game, I guess there's a genre at this point, but Dynasty Warriors is kind of tar- turned like that They're kind of Musou. game is turned into Musou games. Oh, it is yeah. it. But yeah, like when you hit people in that game, they go flying. It was, it's always been the most entertaining thing for me playing those games. Is that still the way it's still run? Because I haven't played Dynasty Warriors or a game like a Musou game yeah, so, for years. So I played, um, God, what, the, what is it called? Um, Hyrule Warriors? Yeah, Hyrule Warriors, the Breath of the Wild one. I forget what, uh, Age of Hyrule, something like that. I forget what it's called. I played that on Switch. And yeah, that's a Musou style um, and yeah, it's very similar. You just absolutely wreck like big groups of people. And I'm actually starting cool. Persona Five Strikers um, tomorrow. Same thing, yeah. Which is also made. Yeah, it's a Muso style game, but uh, also a sequel oh. to Persona Five, which I absolutely love. It's one of my favorite video games of all time. So I'm very excited to jump into that. Great. It's awesome that it is that same idea though. Like you're like Sauron in the Lord of the Rings, like those flashbacks where he's just like wrecking people with his mace. Mm-hmm. He's like knocking people. Yeah, it's wild. So. I'm excited for the what's next for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I just want to know why Bruce Banner is Bruce Banner again. Like, I want to know what's happening with Captain Marvel. I think that uh, this whole this whole thing is is very exciting for me. I, I want to know what's happening with his sister. Like, w- what is happening there? Oh yeah, That's we didn't even talk about kind that. of scene. Yeah, yeah, it's a strange thing. So the very end of this movie, if you didn't watch to the very, very end of the credits, uh, it's not as uh, you know consequential as the scene with Bruce Banner and Wong. But um, we had uh, Jiling. She specifically was supposed to be liquidating the assets from her father's company, and instead, she seems to be just sitting atop of the throne. Yeah, she's just going to take over the is, Ten Rings um, people, which which is cool. Like, yeah, the crime. The crime syndicate or whatever, yeah, like it's, like not obviously the Ten Rings, who he which he has, like uh, Shang Chi has, but she now takes control of, over the syndicate. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know; it seems very in character for her because you know, like the, when we see her, she even mentions like um, like one of the lines she says, like you know, my father didn't let me into his empire, so I created my own uh, because she she's the one that runs that nightclub where people like with superpowers beat the living shit out of each other for money. And, you know, like, it's kind of cool. It's like she has that empire and now she's literally taking over her father's empire. And like, what is she going to do with that? Um, Because she's she's not necessarily a a, a good guy. You know, like she's not a good like she's not a hero necessarily. She's a hero, like a heroic character in in the actions she's done. But she definitely seems a little bit more morally gray. So I'm excited how they're going to explore that. And uh, I'm sure we'll see that in the uh, in the sequels. 
which I'm sure Shang-Chi will get a sequel movie because they'd be out of their goddamn mind to not do one. I also hope that they bring back like actor Ronnie Chang mm-hmm. because I think that he's awesome. He's a great comedian. I don't know if you've seen his his, com- uh, his comedy special on Netflix, I but yeah. I found it hilarious. And uh, he was really good in this movie too. That's actually a bright spot too. The moment they get out of the elevator to go into that fighting ring nightclub or whatever, mm-hmm. he's just talking a mile a minute and almost everything he says is a punchline, which was funny. I, I just, I think he's awesome. And he was in Crazy Rich Asians as well. And he's been in a bunch of other things. I think he was in Godzilla versus Kong for a scene as well. But uh, yeah, he's awesome. So I'm hoping that he's in the next, in the sequel as well. Yeah. So it's an interesting path mm-hmm. that this this particular like Shang-Chi franchise is on and the MCU is on. One last thing that I want to bring up. Um, I don't want to run too long on this A Closer Look episode, but uh, the What If episode four uh, that follows Doctor Strange in his search to save Christine. Because mm-hmm. in this alternate universe, Christine dies basically, which didn't happen in the actual regular Doctor Strange film. Mm-hmm. Um, Doctor Strange just gets into a car accident. He doesn't bring Christine with him and he, she doesn't die. I just found it very interesting. There's like a parallel. What if just came out? So does Shang-Chi. It's kind of following a similar concept. Two men just can't get over the fact that their lo- the love of their life is has, has died. They just can't get over it. Yeah. They're obsessed with this concept. And they're just basically just, they would do anything, anything, including doom the entire world in order to get them back. In Dr. Strange's case, Dr. Strange's case, he wants to get Christine back. And Ju and Liu obviously wants to get his wife back. So it, it's a very, uh, again, it's a neat parallel that happens between like three days of a Marvel release. I don't know if you caught that or anything, Adrian, but I just thought that was interesting because I, I think we just, my girlfriend and I just watched the What If episode with Dr. Strange just prior to going to the movie theater. Yeah, man, that's a really good call out. No, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that, but yeah, that's a really good point. Um, it's cool to see like that similar arc. I wonder if that was planned or just totally coincidental. I'm going to guess coincidental. It might have been. Kevin Feige is a pretty organized dude though, so I'm not sure. He could have been more more specifically, he could have more specifically planned that, but who who knows. I just think it's cool. It's a neat concept. But uh but anyway. But yeah, I think that wraps up our a closer look unless you've got anything else, any other lasting business anything else to mention before we let the audience go until our next episode on monday no i mean i mean if if for whatever reason you uh listen to this entire closer relic episode and you haven't seen shang chi yet go to the theaters and watch it um support your local theater give them money and support this movie because it's freaking awesome and hopefully disney will then reconsider putting their movies on premier access if this movie does well enough. Right, because if you don't know, this movie is not on premier access. So you can, it's not like you can watch this on Disney Plus, which I feel like as was stated by, was it stated by Bob Chappick? Somebody said it was an experiment. <laughs> yeah, it was Bob Chappick. <laughs> which uh, it's a little silly. But anyway, I get it. I understand. It is kind of an experiment in, in that the Delta variant is kind of ravaging North America. But anyways, yes. Well, thank you very much for listening to this A Closer Look episode. Thank you for joining me, Adrian, and uh, goodbye. No worries, brother, anytime. Goodbye, gang. Take care. Great movie.